1: Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the 2018 MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, Our review of round 10 and preview of round 11. This episode is brought to you by the new MLS app, keeping things simple for fantasy players by eliminating those ridiculous triple digit scores. Oh, oh wait, no, 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 no. Uh, Actually, it's brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the awesome subreddit community of r slash fantasyMLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly, and tonight I'm joined by regular co-hosts, Blaine Riffle and Michael Denton. Also, we'd like to welcome back, well, maybe most of us would like to welcome back, our special guest, Tim Shaw from Soccer Captains. How are you all doing?
3: Hey, guys. Hey, doing well. Thanks for having me on again. Um, I'll have you know, since the last time I was on, uh, I purchased and have beaten God of War, and uh, and my God, did uh, the Red Bulls uh, take, it to, uh, take it to the Blue Team this weekend. But, you know... That's 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 about as bad uh, as braggadocious I'm gonna get about it. Uh, we can break it down a little bit later, but it was a it was a good weekend, needless to say. I, I mean, I, I
0: really wouldn't mind crazy. listening to Tim uh, break down his God of War game. Um, I mean, we'll see if Tim goes with a lot of boy uh, in this game. Boy,
3: <laughs> no, I gotta say, um, probably the best single player game I've played since The Last of Us. Wow. Maybe The Witcher Three. I, I don't know. I'd probably go. God of War, Last of Us, Witcher 3, in that order. But oh, this gosh. is a fantasy soccer podcast, fantasy MLS podcast. We can. <laughs> that's catch up right. On. Do we.
0: play soccer at all in the game? Do you ever kick any balls?
3: Um, define
1: balls. It's like <laughs> kicking a head count. <laughs> hey, see, no, no we, we go off the rails once a year, once a season, and that's with our Star Wars episode, and that already happened, so we got to yeah. get back to what the people want. Exactly, exactly. Back to what they want. I, so I, let's I
0: think the people want uh, to not talk about soccer this week.
1: So <laughs> <laughs> maybe only some people, certain people. Yeah, certain yeah. people want to not talk about right. the soccer this week. Uh, but we're gonna do it anyway. So let's let's take a look back at round ten and how that did for everyone. You know, this section is gonna be pretty short this time because we got a big double game week for round eleven. And uh, got some new things. We mentioned the MLS app at the top of the show that came out. I'm going to get some early thoughts on that from you guys since it definitely impacts the fantasy game. Uh, what do you need to know from round 10 from a fantasy point of view? Uh, I think myself, I'm not going to do the usual breakdown because this is what we expect to happen. We had lots of the big-name guys score. We had clean sheets pop up where we thought we were going to have clean sheets. And this was what I think a lot of us had hoped was going to happen back in round 9 um people came through even some of those crazy games you didn't know what was going to happen with new york new york red bulls and it it just turns out like it can that game's a huge back and forth tim and mike are going to get that later but the people scored kaku scored and did great because he wasn't on my team i dropped him at the last minute that's what you expect to happen Read. I we talked about
0: this. Dang it!
1: <laughs> <laughs> I had to make room, um, but yeah. So this this past round, everything that happened, I think, was around the around, along the lines. There we go of what we would expect for a normal fantasy week, and just get prepared because we're entering the first massive. Double game week, and that's going to be a great time for people to see lots of strong scores. Um, before we hit the Red Bulls guys and the New York City FC, anything else you guys would like to add specifically about players or just some of the games in general that has fantasy impact from round 10?
3: Um, um Montreal was definitely um, a yeah. surprising result. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, sorry, Blaine. Go ahead, you could, you could dive in. I'm gonna no, just talk uh, about I, New York. Later.
2: Praise to Montreal, All you won. I enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, um, Wilfred Zahibo is legit. Um, his, his value spiked to 10.2 after the update today. Um, he's averaging 7.6 a game. Uh, got a brace this round and just defensive midfielder for New England, who is a viable threat. And he's not double game week this week, but he's got to have one coming up soon. And definitely somebody to keep an eye on as he keeps playing. And he's just fun to watch, too.
3: And does he get up a little too far on the pitch? Because we finally saw a match where Matt Turner didn't completely stand on his head and, uh, you know, make a ton of saves that he had no business making. So was it just the defensive midfield kind of letting guys through? Or is it just one of those games from Montreal where Piotti just kind of took over?
2: Uh, more just Montreal took over. It was just, yeah, it was just a fun game all around. Um I didn't get to watch the opening little bit, so I'm not 100% sure. I was a little distracted getting ready for some Cinco de Mayo stuff on Saturday. Oh, yeah. So this one was kind of on in the background, but um, I did see the Zahibo second goal for sure. His first one, I think, was a little bit of a long range shot, but the second one was a set piece header. And he's definitely getting up on those set pieces and a threat to score on those. But Piotti just did Piotti things on, on quite a bit of it, too. <laughs>
1: And that's why you captain Piotti, right? Yep, exactly. I made the mistake of uh, changing away from Piotti literally about six minutes before that game was supposed to start. I just I should have I should have gone with my gut. So you know, you I was,
3: Goku, and then you uncaptain Piatti. Um, can you just I let me did, know I what did. your last minute changes are? <laughs> you,
1: you bring up a good point. I skipped it. Uh, how did your teams do, Tim?
3: Oh <laughs> yes. So. Um, I finished with 120 points on the round, um, good enough for 464 for the week. I'm up to 162 overall with, uh, what is my team at, uh, 133, spot seven for uh, total team value. Nice little week. And uh, I, uh, I did uh, beat Mike in the the league head-to-head, which we can dive into later. But uh, yeah. <laughs> what about your team, Mike?
0: Uh, well, like you said, he was less than his uh, 115. I mean, pretty good, except for Simon at four, which I mean, you know, usually if all your players hit except for one, you're having a fantastic week. But I think I was kind of mid-pack, 810 week rank. So I'm at 161 uh, overall rank, which if I heard Tim correctly means I'm one above him. That is right. <clears throat> so, I mean, it was an okay week. GVNCO got 12 points for me as my captain, so but I did not have Piotti. And, and Reed is being very nice to me because I was even like, why would you have Piotti uh, beforehand? And so I'm just a total idiot. So um, Reed, Reed is not alone in get, doling out bad fantasy advice because I doled out some to Reed and probably play a part in a Reed's bad decision. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Blame.
2: Well, I was wavering on the Piotti captain before the round lock, and I just said screw it and threw it out the window and stuck with Piotti which helped me get my 135 and round rank 21 for the week. Uh, worst performance was Russell with five and everybody else with seven or above. So I'm really happy with this one. One every head to head and just back on the right track, but still outside the top 500 overall.
1: Very nice. Uh, I also had 115. Uh, yeah, the hits just kind of kept coming for me. I uh, I had a Beta Shore in my team at first, and I replaced him with Harvey to free up some funds. Uh, dropped Kaku to get to free up some funds so that I could put Gio to have him on my bench as a, as an auto which worked out for me, but I also did it so I could free up bringing in Ladero into my team who didn't play. And I was at a Kentucky Derby party and didn't realize that until that evening. Um, so yeah, I had that 12.1 million on the field, not help me out. So I brought in Sane uh, to help me with Orlando and that, that worked out. So my bench did fantastic. This round, I had Bono, uh, Vanderweel, Sané, and Jvinko. So um, my bench really came through. Some field players had some rough times and that, that whole Piata thing. But, yeah, still managed 115. That was great. Average score for this round, round 10, was 66.1. Uh, if you were looking around there in some of those top ranks, you really needed a triple-digit score uh, to kind of be in the competitive. Probably that 115 area where Mike and I were sort of sort of the bottom of where you would have looked for. To, to feel really good about this if you want to climb. I went up a few ranks, about about 20 ranks. I'm getting ready to crack into the top 200 again. So uh, pretty good round for everyone. Glad we had some nice solid scores. Uh, speaking of solid scores, though, uh, it's my understanding, guys, that New York is red again? That it is. That it well, is. Tell uh-huh. us about that, Tim. We'll let's, let's give you some time to bask in the glory of the Red Bulls.
3: Sure. So, um, I mean, honestly, from a fantasy perspective, this is exactly the kind of game you want to see if you are all in on New York Red Bulls. I mean, this is basically exactly what the game plan is, right? It's cause a turnover in the attacking third and and cause some ruckus. Um, you know, first two or three turnovers resulted in two goals within the first four minutes of the game. Um, you really can't draw it up any better than that. And they just – New York City didn't have an answer all game. You know, New York was in every passing lane forcing error after error by New York and – or by NYC and, and just really was all over them for the first 45 minutes. Um, there was maybe a 10- to 15-minute stretch where NYC put got it together a little bit in the second half, but still even then it wasn't too much of a threat. Um, you know, it, you really saw – you continue to see the relationship develop between Kaku and Bradley Wright Phillips, which could be one of the more deadly pairs in the entire league this year. Um, Florian Velo has been a revelation along the wings and he may be someone to keep an eye on as a nice differential play. Um, Danny Royer, you know, put in a heck of a shift, was all over the pitch, was doing well defensively. You know, he's been, he's had uh, a ton of, very very close calls in the past few weeks, so he's someone to keep an eye on. i mean Tyler Adams is probably the best teenager in the league in this in the in the uh, in the hemisphere i'd say uh, he's uh, he's fantastic so yeah just uh uh hell of a performance and uh you know they definitely were uh very strong fantasy performers as well
1: very nice uh, Mike, would you like to have a bit of a rebuttal at this point? Or do you have anything? I, I don't
0: think there's much of a rebuttal. I mean, they <laughs> handed us. <laughs> I mean, they, they kicked our asses. Um, I I actually did not watch a minute of the game because I was going to a, a friend's birthday party. and I looked at my phone because we were getting the kids right. I was like, oh, 2-0 down. Yeah, this is going to be a blowout loss. And sure enough, uh, that's what it was. Um, you don't go down to the Red Bulls and and come back, uh, especially in New York City, uh, the way they play. Um, if you play that high Press uh, style, the way the Red Bulls do, and the way they they do very well. Um, I mean, that's pretty much the rock to New York City's scissors. Uh, and last year we saw Patrick Vera kind of play a more defensive style and succeed. So I think going down early and having to possess the ball and having great chances just absolutely blew any plan out of the water. So, but I mean, like I said on the last podcast, this was not something that was out of uh, the realm of possibility uh, for this game. So um, hopefully we. Um, Get back together and uh, take out our frustrations on LAFC. So uh, we will see that. But yeah, I mean, I'm just pretty much I'm just be quiet this week because nothing on the field uh, deserves any kind of gloating.
1: <laughs> well, it was definitely uh, a great game. I did not have any Red Bull players, uh, but I did tip Kaku in my MLS article and mentioned that he might be a good bench player so if anyone did pick him up either on your 11 or had him as a switcheroo then congrats on on some good points there uh the last comment i'll make about this game was i had a fun interaction with the soccer cooligans that we had them on the show earlier in the season and uh, they basically posted we don't want to talk about soccer for a while don't 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 engage us uh what's on your mind and people did mention some soccer and they were like, stop it. We told you not to. So I responded to them and asked them what their least favorite sports drink was. So they, uh, they got a kick out of that one or energy drinks. Sorry. Their least favorite energy drink. I don't mm. do that stuff. It's too crazy. Uh, <laughs> one more bit to talk about. This came out around time for round 10. So I think it's fitting to mention this in our round 10 review. MLS has a new app. It uh, dropped first for Android, uh, the uh, iPhone's caught up a little bit later, and uh, it's got a pretty cool little interface, to cool little login, um, and it's got fantasy integration right there natively to the app. It's pretty cool. I assume all three of you guys have this app by now, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's good, solid, good. Yeah. Uh, that's good. That's really helpful because my next question is, what do you guys think of it? Your first thoughts of the MLS app, Feel free to give it in general, but of course, touch on specifically how it relates to fantasy. Blaine.
2: So I won't call the app a hot garbage because it may just be my phone. My phone's not that old, but I was having trouble loading scores, so I ended up finding myself going back to Google Chrome and pulling up the MLS website to get all of my scores and updates because that was faster. Um, as far as fantasy, I was home for most of the weekend, so I'll make a promise to the community this time that I will do all of my live ad- uh, adjustments on the app this next weekend for the round just so I can see it and test it out because I was at home and it was faster just to go back to sit down at my computer and make all of my changes, which there weren't many like I promised last week, so it was mostly just defense, but I will, I will do better on that. But so far, um, I like the new interface on the app in general, I love that there's fantasy, the fantasy from what I've seen works really well, but the app was just way too slow at loading scores and everything else for my liking. And I found my web browser to be faster. Tim, what about you? Um,
3: I gotta be honest with you. I've installed it. Um, it seemed a little slow, um, and I was in a bit of a hurry. So I switched over to Chrome, but you know, it could just have been, I don't know, my connection or something like that. Um, i'll have to give it more
1: of uh more of a look this week fair mike surely you have some comments
0: i i do have some comments um i used it like i said i was at a party um and so i was on my phone checking um the scores and very quickly switched to another sports app um this is not an app designed for fantasy players in mind um they i mean we MLS put out one of their head designers put out an article today talking about communication and it really just enraged me because, quite frankly, they didn't communicate at all with the community. Uh, The box score part is gone. You have absolutely no way now of finding out who scored a secondary assist. Um, The live stats score is mostly like a video update with a whole lot of extra garbage that I don't want. That doesn't really help me. Um, I mean, just, you know, now. I will be fair to them. They have said that the box score is stuff is coming back. Um, And this is all in the scores. I haven't gotten to the fantasy part yet. Um, So hopefully that is happening soon. Um, But, I mean, as of right now, the best I can give it is a C. Now getting to the actual fantasy part, um, I I honestly wonder if they even opened up their phones to check the fantasy part. Um, It doesn't fit the screen. You can't take a screenshot as easily as we would have liked. It should fit. I mean, I have an iPhone 8, so mine's up to date. I'm expecting to take a quick screenshot and post that on. That doesn't work. Uh, The share button for the share the lineup still doesn't work. It just says one of these lame, like, oh, come join fantasy with me. It doesn't actually share the lineup like you would think. And, you know, it's just another spam notification to add on Twitter, you know, like, play Farmville. Um, That's the only function that button has. Uh, then we get the joke at the beginning of the episode, which is that the triple digit score doesn't actually fit on the team score. So it goes one one and then the last number is at the bottom. Um, so clearly they didn't test that out. Um, I mean, th- this is really frustrating to have two major launches of fantasy products in a three month span and to them to have not done basic testing on either of them. So um, I mean, it's a C. I mean, the, the good positive thing is that there was one of the designers who's been very active on Reddit and Twitter saying that they will do things, including, like, put in the box score. So, I mean, maybe they fix it, but it wasn't close to acceptable at launch. So, I mean, it's really just you can use that as an alternative to Safari to load the transfers and then go use a better sports app that is provide will actually provide you the information that you want. And the user interface is just terrible. It's the same user interface we've had from the very beginning. That's not good. This didn't fix anything other than give us pitch ability on mobile. And that's not nearly enough that we were hoping for with how bad the launch was.
1: So I'm going to disagree a little bit with what you've said because, because one, I find that the app works better for making transfers than using the in-browser because... When I was trying to make transfers using the browser, I would always get little glitches trying to select players, or even I would change to the type of sort I would want, and every player would disappear. And so I could only sort players by by the the name. I couldn't sort by uh, points or, or points per score and all that stuff. So it it wasn't it, it wasn't as helpful or usable as that mobile version for me. And I found find that the app helps that greatly in actually being able to sort and filter and select the players. Now, are there still some of the same problems that we had maybe not problems, but complaints that we had in the app that we had with the the desktop site in general? And yeah, yeah, that's still there. I mean, the, the pitch view stuff and, and with the lack of the filters or the filter, different types of points and the, the broad ranges Of the prices. Yeah, that's also there, and I think it's important to remember, though, that this app wasn't designed to address feedback that people had given on the fantasy game. This app was already in production, and it was addressing the primary feedback that we were giving for the past couple of years of, we want a native app. We want it native, not just connecting, and I think that's been accomplished, and I have not been having all these issues with with slowness or connectivity that that you guys were just talking about that's so that's kind of a first for me to see that uh the pitch view yes i totally agree mike it it would be nice to take the picture i think the share should be of your team maybe have it tag the picture come check it out go to this with fantasy but again i think that goes back into that's how that system is working with this company right now and that with hope in the future that will get addressed my one qualm with the app right now is I've had trouble changing my team after the round has started. Be that I tried to change my, I tried to change my captain from Piatti to Vela and it wouldn't let me. I should have listened to it. Maybe the app is just smarter than me. Uh, I mean, it wouldn't let me because it said the round had started. So I had to go to my computer and do it. I tried to make a sub on the app and it wouldn't let me. I had to go to my computer to do that. So uh, that, that was frustrating and I think needs to be addressed. But, I don't. I don't feel like it's been that bad overall. No box scores. We'll we'll go with that. Um, but I think to criticize the app for some of the lack of information is is not its fault because that seems to be what's happened with this switch to the company for this first season. Is is they got what was canned and now we're going to be responsible for providing feedback for what we need.
0: Well, and and let me criticize that approach, then, because this app design has been in the process for a year. Um, this company was brought in with the understanding that they were going to be providing a mobile link-in. And for them to not have done basic things like make sure that the pitch view they were provided was scaled properly to the dimensions of the app or of the phone... I mean those are just basic design flaws that should have been caught from the beginning I mean I'm not talking about like feedback. I'm not talking you know the the or the lack of testing that they clearly didn't you know they they just didn't test it um i'm I'm talking about like why did you not like think of these things in the beginning phases i mean months ago um, and I mean it, it, it we shouldn't need to give them feedback like hey, we want triple digits in the score. We want them to all line up. That's uh, legit. Hey, no, we that's want legit. the pitch to lo- – we want to be able to actually take a screenshot of the entire team at once. Like that's what pitch view really is, not scroll to bench, you know.
1: Well, the question, though, about that, how, how much impact would you all say the bench in the MLS fantasy game has compared to the bench in other fantasy soccer games, fantasy Premier League, with – our switcheroos and roos and transferroos, how does that impact? Like, cause you can take a picture of your keeper through your forwards, it's your bench we can't get. And that may be something that's more unique and valuable to us as a fan group than is normally thought about with the fantasy community.
0: Well, I mean, it's, it's huge now because we implemented a system of roos and roos and, and all of that. So, um, I can't imagine while they were designing this that this wasn't a consideration if those were the rule considerations that were coming up. Um, Well, I'd uh,
1: almost suggest that perhaps that was (laughs) an element that maybe we've, as a community, and and we particularly as as this this podcast and this, this group here, have championed as a strategy that may not have necessarily been the on the minds when it was being made. I mean, you saw, you've seen Bobby Warshaw's reaction to even hearing about a switch. Sure.
0: And, and that goes back to my point that I made a few months ago, which is the fantasy community in large needed to be more involved in this entire process. Um, There is feedback that I think a group of players could provide. Like, I mean, I don't know if I, right off the bat, I would have come up with like auto ruse, but like if we'd have gotten all of us together and say, um, hey, here are the rule changes. What are some impacts you could think? And we mull it over for a few days. We're like, hey, the bench is going to become really important because people are going to be doing all these all these things. Like That comes back to what happens when you have a closed-door process and you don't bring people in from the outside. Uh, I've talked about that article I read. All of the communication was in MLS offices. There was no communication with outside groups, with fans, with testers, et cetera. Clearly, none of that happened, because it had, had that happened, we would have been like, hey, you need to fix the digits, you need to fix the pitch view, you need to fix this, this, and this, and this. And I mean, there's just a bunch of basic, obvious stuff that hasn't been right from the start. And I think should have been right from the start and could have been caught had the proper testing been done the way other digital products or digital games are tested.
1: Fair comments, I think, on both sides. Uh, Blaine and Tim, you guys are mostly side on, on uh, standing on the side during this conversation. Have the th- comments that Mike and I have made uh, swayed you or, or given an impression either way that you'd like to weigh in at this point? I mean, most of my comments on the
2: slowness were on the MLS side of the app, not the fantasy side of the app. Um, I didn't play with the fantasy side as much so i didn't try to take a screenshot and see that all of my players couldn't be on my screen i didn't check my score with the 135 after the round to see that it was on two lines so i didn't see all of these now i believe the screenshots i've seen so i'm not and that st- that is stuff that would bother me if i was using it a little bit more this week but overall i've thought the fantasy experience other than maybe some graphical stuff has been smooth i did make one or two transfers beforehand with it just to test it out and i saw that the app was working for my fantasy needs for the most part except for the the scores i didn't even get to the box score issue because i couldn't load scores fast enough to see them (laughs) and i ended up going to the website so maybe the box score thing is going to bug me when i get there but i saw that whole side being so slow that it was unusable on that, but I actually enjoyed the fantasy being built in there and I see a use for that. And I probably will start using that more.
3: Yeah. I mean, you know, I I frankly haven't had enough. I I have actually been clicking around it just now while you guys were, were riffing on it a little bit. Um, You know, it just seems like an instance where, they're like, oh, we got to get this out. We got to meet these deadlines and, you know, it may not be as polished as it could have been, but, you know, they just had to get it out the door, right? So, um, you know, for fantasy purposes, I think the Chrome browser is is good enough on my phone for now until, you know, they get it sorted out. I'm sure there's a whole laundry list of things to do and to optimize within the app itself. So, you know, the developers might have a bit of, a, bit of work to do, but... You know, I I think you guys are pretty much on point, though. I think these are all valid criticisms.
1: All right. Well, uh, the MLS app is out now for everyone on all your platforms. Uh, If you're not using it, I guess you've disabled updates, and that's kind of weird. Uh, But go ahead, check it out, download it, and uh, let us know if you already have what you think. Uh, If not, if you agree with Mike, then maybe wait a little bit and then try it again. Uh, But let us know what you think about the app and uh, its fantasy integration any other thoughts that you have on Twitter. It'd be a, a lot of fun to interact about that. Let's get back into our fantasy discussion. Moving on to some housekeeping as it relates to round 11. As mentioned at the top of the show, this is the first big double game week. We had a taste a few rounds ago, but now we're in to the big deal atlanta columbus philly toronto seattle chicago montreal lafc and minnesota all have double game weeks this round uh it's, that's a lot of points on the table guys so i look forward to hearing your picks coming up very shortly uh, who's gonna buy this week nobody everybody's back in to the play so uh, take that consideration when you're choosing any Otteroos or switcheroos that you may go for this round. Patreon, we mentioned again already we had a great time last week. Blaine, Mike, and I were here talking Star Wars. It was a good time. Nerded out, had a pretty good show. Tim listened to it, confused his girlfriend. It was all sorts of craziness going on back at his place. Um <laughs> But we had a great time if you enjoy that sort of thing head over to patreon.com slash mlsfi you can check out the show right there it's also over on the youtube channel it's a it's a video i may try to post it on our actual soundcloud tonight uh, if we get a chance but uh, you can see the video right there i think it adds a nice little element to it to see us in our our environments uh, both blaine and mike had their cameras situated in such a way where you could actually see some festivities behind them i had to deal with um the white background as usual but had my good buddy thrawn sitting right there next to me to help things out lily makes a guest appearance in the episode that's right lily does come in as well so thank you so much everybody from patreon uh it was it was a fantastic time and thanks for coming out and hanging out with us during the recording but now let's get to the injury news
0: all right well um keeping on the star wars theme you know saturday was revenge of the sith um i think there was some darkness on saturday But uh, we also had some darkness with the red cards. Uh, Pedro Santos and Toy from Minnesota are your red cards. They will both miss this Wednesday. Um, However, no accumulation, uh, yellow card accumulation uh, suspensions this week. I checked the list from last week. Um, Now, I don't have the list of who's on warning for this coming week yet. Obviously, that's important because anyone who's on a yellow card warning may miss The um, second half, the double game week, I will tweet that out at MLS Injury News um, whenever MLS puts it up, but I just don't have the time to go through and find out who's on four yellows right now. Um, But we do have um, Anthony Fontana for Philadelphia is back in training. Uh, Curtin says he, or uh, Tana Wald thinks he's healthy enough to go for Columbus. We'll see if he appears in a sub-role. For TFC, um, big one is Altidore is out all week. Mavinga, um, Zavaleta, and Haglin are reintegrating back and are, quote, close, and they may be making some appearances at some point uh, over the course of this week. So I wouldn't expect them to um, start, but they may be getting subbed into. And so you, if you're looking at Toronto players, you may be wary of some of the people that it may they may be subbing in for um, because they may not get the full 60 minutes to get the clean sheet bonuses or any of that. Um, I did not see any other injuries. Um, Blaine did point out to me on instant replay, um, there was a few red card concerns for Zlatan and maybe even Giovinko for kickouts, um, like we've gone over before with VAR. Uh, if the incident checks, there's a higher standard for Disco before they can issue a suspension, essentially overturning the ref's uh, decision. So I don't know if those were VARD. I'm pretty sure that they were, but um, we'll check on Wednesday to see what, uh, if any, additional decisions Disco has.
2: Uh, Mike, I looked it up for you. Of uh, the double game week players, um, Ring for New York City and McCann for Atlanta were the two from last week that were sitting on four yellows. And they were not subject to the good behavior incentive this round. So, if they got a yellow in their first leg, they would miss the second game.
0: Right. Well, I mean, ring is a double game week, but I'm talking about players who oh. picked up another yellow this past. Yeah, week. that's not yellow a, yellow. Yeah, yeah.
2: I don't have all of that. I just know that's the ones from last week that got added.
0: Yeah.
1: And before we move on, we'll touch on uh, just a couple of teams have a double home game this round, and so that's the Columbus Crew and LAFC, so both of their games are going to be at home. Uh, we have Philadelphia Union playing a double away game this round, and that's the only team that drew that short end of the stick. So everybody else is one home, one away. If that's important to you, keep that in mind as you're in making Seattle. Your selections. Oh, that's right. Seattle. And Seattle. Seattle has that short stick too. That's right there in that Sunday game I missed. It didn't scroll down far enough. The bad bucket. That's right. <laughs> the bad bucket. There it is. Mental note: change that part of housekeeping to the bad bucket.
0: Got that's it. The bad bucket. That, that's gonna become a thing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Well, let's move on to our uh, <clears throat> previews, guys. Our, our player picks. This is uh, the double game week special that we like to run at this time. So we're going to do a a team. Double game week breakdown. We're going to start with our double game week teams first and pick the players from those. It may be one game that stands out to these guys. It may be both games that stands out to these guys, but we're going to start with our double game week teams and then we're going to wrap up with sort of a, a rapid quick fire single game week options section. So let's start with you, Mike talking about Atlanta.
0: Um, I think a lot of it, what do you think about Atlanta, depends on if you really buy Sporting Kansas City's defense. Um, We've seen them keep a few clean sheets recently. They've been looking better, but they've been doing it against bad offenses. Um, I'm personally not convinced that Sporting Kansas City has turned it around, and even if they had, going on the road to Atlanta is never a good thing. Um, Atlanta's pretty potent offense there then when you add on the trip to Orlando which Atlanta historically hasn't been doing well away but they've been doing well away this year so far except for the first game against Houston Um, and then you look at Orlando's defense which has been pretty leaky Um, they were lucky to only concede one against uh, RSL RSL had some great chances and got great chances more specifically with speedy turnovers, which is exactly what Atlanta likes to do. So I think uh, Atlanta has real good options uh, offensively here. Um, I think anytime Atlanta's at home, you need Joseph Martinez and you need Miguel Almiron. I mean, the, the numbers Almiron has been putting up this year pretty much make a must-have regardless of the fixture at, at this point. Um, so defensively, I don't think it's as good. Sporting Kansas City and Orlando have been very good offensively. So I think there are some better defensive options Um if you wanted one of these guys defensively, I think you would have to put him in an Otteru situation. Uh, but I think offensively, Miguel uh, Almiron, um, you, you know, Martinez, maybe take a flyer on Barco if you're kind of looking for more differential players. But that, that's where I would look.
1: Do you think that Barco becomes more of an option as more defenders are drawn away by Almiron and Martinez?
0: Um, I I could see that happening. Um, I, I think it, it's more. Almiron and Martinez um, getting used to uh, Barco and kind of understanding his game and getting him set up. Um, But we'll kind of see how he does this week. I I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a goal, but um, I I can definitely see him becoming more of an option that way, kind of like uh, Villalba was uh, last year. That's kind of where I see his fantasy role right now. That's
1: fair. What about score predictions?
0: All right, uh, score predictions, I'm going to say 2-1 SKC, 3-2 Orlando both wins for atlanta
1: oh okay blaine tell us about columbus do you want good columbus or bad columbus i want your thoughts on fantasy options for columbus i think
2: (laughs) this week given the matchups you're going to see good columbus in both games i mean it's a double home game with philadelphia and chicago um philadelphia's Looks like a dumpster fire at the moment. I don't know what's going on. I saw somebody tweeted it out today. What a calm dockle, and one other guy got zero touches in the box against Toronto. I mean, how does a team like that do that?
1: Um, I think they Columbus, have zero road goals on the year, don't they? I think that may be true too.
0: What Columbus? So,
1: no, Philly. Oh,
0: Philadelphia.
2: So, knowing that, um, Chicago kind of hit or miss right now, and they're on the road in this one, so Columbus got a home game. I like both of these. Um, I think you've got to go Stefan on this one with the way Philadelphia's been playing. He's a clean sheet shot in the first one, and if the defense steps up, this could be a double clean sheet week. Um, then you got to look at two somewhat awful defenses. Um, Iguain and Zardes definitely have to be – In the picture, um, Zardes may be an auto-ru at his price given some of the other double game week teams, but both of those guys are in my roster right now. And then uh, Valenzuela and Awful are both. I'm toying with which one of those two I want. They both provide a little bit going forward. I think I like Valenzuela's goal-scoring chances a little more, but Awful's good for one every so often, and on the double game week, you just don't know. Uh, Score predictions, I'm going to go ahead and say it's a 4-0 win against Philly, and I'll say 2-1 at home against Chicago.
1: To 2 1. 2 1. So you're talking up the double clean sheet and then being like, whoa. I don't back. think
2: they, it, it's a shot. I would say this of any of the teams, they've probably got the best chance, Fair. but I don't necessarily trust the Columbus defense that well. I think um, Nikolic and company get something done, especially if Schweinsteiger is playing a higher
1: role again. All right. Let's talk about one of these teams you just bashed. Uh, Tim, Philadelphia. The bad
3: bucket indeed, boys. Um, No, like it's – you guys pretty much said everything that I was going to say. They haven't scored a road goal in the year yet, and they just don't look like they have a clue. Um, From a fantasy perspective, uh, don't go with anybody on this team. Um, My score predictions here are – a 0-2 loss to Columbus, and then uh, cause for celebration, they score their first road goal of the season against Montreal en route to a 1-3 loss.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike, back to you. Let's hit the other double away team, Seattle.
0: Uh, Well, first with Seattle, I think you have to start with Ladero. I didn't talk about him in the injury section because I wanted to save him for here. Something weird's going on with Ladero. Um, he was they released the lineup without him in the 18 said they would address it in the post game conference and then said, um, you know, he has a serious foot injury, but he may be back for Wednesday. So I have no idea what's going on. Um, And that's not to put her and that's to put aside all the weird stuff at the club with loggerways comments and a lot of anger about that. Will Bruin um, pretty much made fun of the way their offense was working uh, his post game comments. I mean, they were up for almost 80 minutes. Uh, up a man, and got pretty much no chances against Columbus at home. And so now they're going to go on the road to TFC. new thank you. Uh, and then to, to Portland. I mean, you know, sometimes weird stuff can happen in that game, but you've got so many better options this week. I'm absolutely passing on this bad bucket. Uh, I'm thinking they get blown out by TFC 3 nothing, and um, have a – Two nothing loss to to Portland. I, I just have no faith that ladero plays on turf, and we're, so I really have no faith in Seattle.
1: Okay, Tim, back to you. Let's talk about Chicago, and that's that's the other team that blames passion. Yeah, um
3: nikolic has been offsides so many times this year. <laughs> Whereas last year he wasn't and I mean how many times have you seen him get away like if, if he could stay on side this could be a whole different completely different season for them um Now they're just a weird team right like you had Bastian Schweinsteiger as a, as a sweeper and Katai has been has had flashes of brilliance I mean that goal he scored against New York a couple weeks back was was ridiculous um
0: but it wasn't goal of the week Tim so it can't be that good <laughs> yeah
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, frankly, I mean this is a tough team to pick here, right? Because they haven't shown really any consistency. Um, they're one of the worst home teams in the league, having uh, only picked up four points in four matches at home. Um, you know, they uh, have a negative one goal differential at home. So, and then Montreal haven't exactly they 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 lit it up last week. I mean, if Piatti's really going to say, "All right, screw this," and and put the team on his shoulders again. Um... <laughs> You know they might have a tough time at home, and then I think Columbus is never an easy trip, especially for uh, you know a bit of a, a rivalry, a rival squad here, uh, I'm just a few miles away. So, my game expectations um, or my score predictions, I think they get a two to two draw at home, uh, and then they lose two to one in Columbus. Um, fantasy picks, you know, Schweinsteiger has been in. Pretty solid form, um, but he's a little bit too expensive considering where he's going to be playing. I prefer actually Dax McCarty over him just for the bonus point floor that a defensive midfielder will get you. Um, Nikolic, you know, he might he might be a fun little uh differential switcheroo option as well. You know, maybe he'll actually be on sides and uh actually be able to put one or two in the net, but. Other than that, I mean, I'm not gonna have more than one, if any, Chicago player on my roster.
1: What's the French Canadian version of "Here, hold my beer"? Would that be "Here, <laughs> hold my wine" or "Here, hold my poutine"? <laughs> oh, hold my molson. Uh-huh. Ah, there ah. we go. That's it. That's that's what uh, Piatti's saying. Then, right here, hold my molson. <laughs> Okay, Blaine, uh, we've mentioned Montreal a few times now, just a little, a little bit of a joke right there, but how do you think they're going to do this week? Um, more of the Piatti show, and I think fantasy managers can get
2: behind that one too. Um, Piatti's your must-own player of the week if you have one. I mean, it's a road game against Chicago, but Chicago's been hit or miss. I think the speed of Montreal and all the different layers they've got right now can really do some damage here. And then it's a home game against Philadelphia, and I'm going to go ahead and make that score prediction now. It's going to be 3-0 to Montreal, and I think Piatti gets a brace in this one. Um, I, with the way Philadelphia has been playing and everything, I think you've almost got to go with one defender here. Uh, Cabrera is kind of your obvious choice, but you could wait and see the lineups for that first game and see who they start. There's been a lot of rotation back there. Um, it's really hard to pick other players in Montreal besides Piotti and possibly a defender on this win. I mean, tighter, some getting a few goals here and there. Um, uh, Jackson Hamel came on really strong, and at his price point, definitely worth an auto if you're not using three premium forwards this week. Um, but yeah, I think th- this is going to be two of your highlight games for the week just for offensive power. I think Montreal is ready to run all over both of these teams. Um, I don't think they're going to burn it up on Chicago quite as much as I'm talking about, so I'm going to go ahead and say a 2-1 scoreline there. And again, a 3-0 for the Philadelphia game, and I could easily see Piatti walking away
1: with three goals and an assist this week. Just going to add one more thing. Uh, Who's the highest-scoring goalkeeper right now? Going to make me look it up. David De Gea.
3: That's just off the top
1: of my head. Um, <laughs> no Evan Bush really. Just just throwing that out there to the masses.
0: It's gotta be because of the penalty save, so huh?
1: that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's so see that's the weird thing for me about Montreal right now. The penalty save, of course, was huge for, for Evan Bush. Uh, he's currently leading with one point. Um, and then after him is is Turner. As the second highest scoring goalkeeper, Bush has two clean sheets on the season, and it is not very uncommon for them to give up three to four goals in a game. So, um,
0: but he makes up with it because he makes tons of saves. Like he they, makes they're, up they're, with it with <laughs> saves, right? <'cause> you're looking <laughs> wow.
1: At, he's he's had one one round of two points, one round of one point, and one round of four points. After that, everything has been five or more. So that's six games of five or more points. So I know you were talking about the defense, but people yeah. might also take a glance at Bush.
2: I was also looking at it the other way that he is at, what, 8.4 million? And Stefan is currently at uh,
1: 5.9. It's it's definitely crazy. Um, so that, I, I mean, I'm going to give you one more, one more thing about Bush that people might want to consider. Montreal plays the 8.30 game on Wednesday, and then they play the 3 o'clock game on Saturday. <coughs> there are eight games after them. So if you're looking for a keeper option, that's a double game-week player, it's Evan Bush. You get two games before you have to wear about and <laughs> somebody else. That's it true. does have to be a single game-week keeper after that, but I think it's worth thinking about. Moving on. LAFC,
0: Mike. They got two on the slate, uh, Minnesota, and then they have uh, New York City. Um, for Minnesota, I, I think they're pretty well positioned. Um, Minnesota kind of likes to possess the ball. Um, I think LAFC is naturally uh, in, in a counter. Um, and I think Minnesota, without a whole lot of offensive weapons, I, I think LAFC will have good success. I think Vela uh, will probably get a goal here. Um <clears throat> I I could also see Rossi getting some points here, although I think there are some probably better midfield uh, options this week. <clears throat> now for New York City, probably depends on, on the mood. I'm for one and expecting them to come in angry, uh, and I think for them, one of the problems for LAFC is that they don't have a whole lot of players to rotate in and out, um, and because th- there's just not a lot of depth uh, outside of like maybe Lee Win, which we haven't really talked about. But hey, they have Lee Win now. Uh, no one's really quite sure where he's gonna slot in. He didn't make a sub appearance this past weekend. Um but um so maybe some time sharing with uh, Failhaber. But I, I I suspect that they have some trouble um getting going in that game unless they can hit New York City on the counter um pretty fast. So I'm gonna say that they beat Minnesota um three to one and then lose to New York City uh two to one.
1: Mm. Revenge game for you this week, perhaps, Mike. That will be,
0: uh, be nice. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping. <laughs> you're hoping.
1: Well, Tim, let's let you talk this time, but it's not about the red team you're usually talking about. Tell us about Toronto. I think, uh, you know, I,
3: I said it last week in a piece that I wrote. I think that Toronto is out here looking to make a statement, you know, make an announcement to the rest of the league that they are back and they're ready to go and that they should be considered one of the best teams in the league, despite the fact that they were lingering near the bottom of the table after uh, after all the CCL action. Um, they go up against Seattle, who, frankly, has just been – they've been a bad bucket team, boys. Um, yeah, it's it's been pretty brutal for them. And then they go to New England, and New England has been one of the more mercurial teams. Uh, you know, I mentioned a little earlier uh, – their goalkeeper, uh, Evan Turner, I believe, right? That's his name. Um, he's been playing out of his mind. Um, you know, he's – I've mentioned David De Gea before, but he's been putting up David De Gea numbers, right? So, you know, I think that New England is going to take a bit of a step back, kind of similar to, um, you know, basically the opposite of what Toronto's about to do. Um, so I've got a few Toronto players on my team this week. You know, I think, uh, Jovenko price at 9.5 is just, it's frankly insane that he's not double digits. That's just how the league ended up working it out. But, you know, I, I like him a lot. I like Greg Vanderbilt as well. Um, Victor Vasquez. I mean, you could have up to four Toronto players this week and you wouldn't be going wrong. So I, uh, I'm big fans of theirs this week. And, uh, you know, I expect them to, uh, To win both matches, actually, I think they steamroll Seattle, um, you know, three nothing maybe, and then uh, they travel to New England and probably take one home uh, with like a two to one victory. And in the final, uh, Alex Bono, throw him in a goalkeeper as well.
1: I throw him on the list. Final double game week team Minnesota Blaine. Yeah.
2: Minnesota has been impressive this year, considering where they were last year. Um, I still don't trust their defense. I can't in good conscience tell anybody to pick up one of their defenders, but I could see them getting a shutout against San Jose. I don't think it's great odds. I think there's better shutout players to look at, but if you're high on Minnesota, you think they've got it. You just think San Jose's not firing. Um, possibly a good risk there. Um, Injuries are killing this team. I know Ramirez is down now. They're they're running out of options. But that also means a few key players are getting most of the chances. And Quintero is new, but he's already got 33 points. I mean, he's, what, fifth-highest scoring player on their team. Um, definitely worth a shout this week. Uh, LAFC's defense has been solid. They, I still think there's some weaknesses, and maybe the – Maybe Minnesota can get through it, but I think the San Jose game is where you're really looking to see your points if you're going with this game. So Quintero and Ibsen are both on my watch list. I don't think I'm going to run with either one of them. They would make good Autoroo candidates, and the price points aren't too bad for these. If you're looking for a really cheap um, option, Ibarra's got 41 points on the season, and he's only uh, 6.6 right now, and I could see him getting you some quality numbers in an autoroo if you're worried about the budget there. As far as score lines go, it's really hard to predict for this Minnesota team. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say it's going to be a 2-1 loss at L.A. I just I think L.A.'s got more, but I think they're going to find a way to score. And then we'll say it's a 2-0 win at home against San Jose.
1: Okay, guys. Now let's get to our single game week rapid fire section. Uh, this is going to be a question for anybody. Uh, is there any player worth picking from a single game week team that would be better than one of the double game week options uh, or even as a transferu. So um, I'm just going to go down the line right here. We've got sporting Kansas city at Atlanta, Vancouver with Houston, uh, San Jose at Minnesota, FC Dallas versus LA galaxy, new England, Toronto, Colorado, Red Bulls, real salt Lake DC, Portland, Seattle, Orlando, Atlanta, The New York City at LAFC. So let's start with you. Uh, We just ended with you, Blaine. Let's start with you, Tim.
3: Maybe Kai Kamara if he starts for Vancouver. Um, Otherwise, you know Diego Valeri for Portland at home against Seattle. That's that's those are the only two that I'd even come close to considering. Mike.
0: Uh, I'm expecting Kai to be out. Um, for me, I think your only options are... I mean, I, I think Valeria would be a good show. Um, I'd also look at New York City players because, I mean, that is the last game overall. So if you're looking for ruse, that's a really easy one to mm-hmm. kind of switch in. Um, but, I mean, that's about it. Now, I mean, that's only for transferoos. I think um, double game week options are superior. If you can't find 11 players, an op- quite frankly, is it, I guess 13 or 14 with auto roos and stuff, um, there's just so many options here. You, you, you need to go back and check, double check because th- there's enough double game week options. Um, yeah, And
1: it's so. important to consider if you are setting up an auto-roo, you do want to look at those New York City players. And so if, if you're also trying to double up on actual players, you may find yourself running out of, of good switcheroo and auto-roo options. But you don't want them to play.
0: Yeah, Blaine. but I mean, Sands isn't going to play because he's out in the Scandin- or Scandinavian Cup or something like that with the U.S. men's national team. And then I don't think Scally will see the field either. So there's at least two players who I'm almost 100% certain aren't going to play. And worst comes to worst, you can swap them out with uh, some other players who aren't going to play for New York City.
1: All right, Blaine, anybody single game week? Um, I don't think I can rate any
2: single game week player ahead of a double game week player but there are some good back-end transfer options. Um, Orlando's been playing out of their mind, and I don't care that it's Atlanta coming to town. Just avoid their defense. Uh, But with Dwyer scoring the way he has, I could see him finding space. Yotun's actually been putting up better numbers from deeper than Question has, and he's been at a little bit better price point at times too. So Yotun's probably one of my other ones, depending on if you need a forward or a midfielder.
1: And then Valeri's the obvious choice. I saw a uh, interesting. I don't actually know it was. I was gonna say I saw an interesting article, but I think it was uh, a conversation that they were having on Extra Time Radio maybe a week or two ago um, about Blanco actually getting some more production and some more space because so many people are focused on Valeri. And if you look at the fantasy points, Valeri's at 58 and Blanco's at 51, so they're very close uh with uh, blanco being just slightly cheaper at 9.4 versus 10.5 for valeri so um i don't know there could be another option right there if you do value the portland team okay guys thank you so much for those uh breakdowns of the double game week teams and the single game week teams some quick reddit questions before we jump into the chalkboard tim this first one is for you, uh, does it make sense to utilize a four or five defender formation for round 11 in order to reduce overall rotation risks normally associated with double game weeks? Yeah, I believe uh,
3: I was the one that asked this question, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I told um, you you were getting it. <laughs> yeah,
3: so I, um, I actually am uh, set up right now with three in the back, <laughs> one of whom are a Switcheroo, but, you know, with a week like this, people may find themselves strapped financially a bit. So they may be better off having four in the back. Plus, you know, if they load up on a bunch of center backs, they won't have to worry about, you know, having an attacker do 30 minutes one match and put up one point for you and then, you know, full 90 minutes in another. So, you know, this stage of the year, I think it's teams are not in full midseason form. And they may want to rest the legs a little bit, whereas later on in the summer, everyone's got their lungs and their legs good to go. They can handle, you know, two full workloads. Um, Plus, you also have to consider turf as well. I mean, if one match is on artificial surface, you may have some players who are very prominent fantasy attackers just don't actually get the start as a result.
1: Yeah, rotation's always a big deal. Um, defenders and keepers are definitely the most safe from that. Uh, but I don't know, it's tough. That's tough with so many good attacking options that could go off even without a full 90. Yeah. Next question. This one is for you, Mike, I believe. how so we got that organized. Uh, is it possible to utilize a transfer well with the Double Game Week teams, or is an auto the better strategy this week? This comes in from CM Matt Zat. Uh, related question comes from chicken bucket. Uh, who wants to know if we're saving budget or transfer route budget for transfer roos or using them all in our best XI? Uh,
0: I don't think transfer is a great option this week. I, I think a transfer is pretty much a break in case of emergency situation. Like if, in the same, it's also true of a um, because I mean, if, for most part, if you're key, if you have like for example Stefan and he doesn't get like at least six points, um, then something's gone really wrong like a red card or or something like that, uh, and that's probably going to be the case. I mean, if as long as they start, um, they're probably going to get you know the five six points that you could reasonably expect for most transferu. So I don't think a transferu. Um, I wouldn't plan my strategy around that. I think Otteru is going to be the better strategy this week. Um, I mean, especially when I mean, we look at the Seagull game week teams, there is isn't a whole lot of options other than we talked about Buleri. There aren't great uh, defensive options. Um, so, I mean, I think you're going to put your eggs in the bucket of, the good bucket of double game week points.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really smart way to play it. Just for a recap for people, in case you're wondering how these autos and transferers work with the double game week, uh, the reason Mike is saying the auto-roo is because you can use that with a double game week player by having them on your bench. You can see the points from both of their games and the game will automatically, the fantasy game, will automatically put the highest scoring player into your starting 11. So that's how that's working out compared to the the switcheroo, which would involve you switching out a player in your field probably a new york city player or an injured player from a late game uh, but with this double game week that means you're going to be limited to switching in players on single games and so it's really going to hurt your chances mm-hmm. of maximizing those points so uh, i know we've had this question frequently throughout the season about trying to conceptualize some of these transferers and just the general umbrella of switcheroo questions that we get so i uh, hope that works out
0: and I, anybody I'll, else want to follow- add to that Oh, I I wanted to follow up. I I could see that you doing the transfer if you really thought the first game was good, but the second game wasn't so good, Mm. Um, which I I don't see that a whole lot this game. But if, for instance, you went with Schweinsteiger on your bench because you really thought Montreal at home was a great uh, opportunity, but at Columbus isn't as good of an opportunity, or maybe something similar with Toronto where they're home with Seattle – And then on the road and doing England's turf, then I could see doing a a a transferu, but that's you'd have to do that, you know, kind of before you get to see the second game of Toronto. So you're taking a really big risk there, Um, but that that might be another scenario to think about. But I think you're probably overcomplicating in that sense. (laughs) Uh,
2: The one the one transferu I could see you doing, and this is just if I were to set one up this week and you pushed me to, I would do Jackson Hamel for Montreal. You'll see both games by four o'clock on Saturday. He'll he'll have played both. Then you rotate to Dwyer if you have to because he's at that he's at that sub five million price point. That's where you're looking at a guy cheap bench option that's going to get two games and then go to somebody a little more proven. That's the only transfer I would be willing to set up this week.
1: All right, uh, Blaine. I got a note here. It says you want to talk about rotation risks. I do. um Your biggest rotation
2: we- risks in most fantasy or double game weeks are your wingbacks and maybe a few of the offensive players who run a lot. Um, honestly, I was going through my lineup and this didn't even cross my mind as I was building my squad. Um, the teams that I would consider on the double game week to be rotation risks are maybe toronto maybe seattle but seattle's decimated by injuries i don't know that they can afford to or drop points and toronto really can't afford to drop points either i mean giovinco has been known to go uh 60 and a 30 or a 90 and a 30 or 260s or whatever 90 60 on a lot of these double game weeks but i just don't see them being able to afford putting him on the bench especially if josie's still nursing an injury um Honestly, my biggest question mark on rotations this week is, is Columbus going to do anything with their back line? I think they've played more games than any other team on the double game week right now. They've had one of the toughest opening schedules for congestion besides Toronto and New York for the CONCACAF. So that's, that's really where I'm coming from. I think the rest of the players that I'm looking at and that made my short list for my squad, which is about 25 players or so, I didn't have any rotation questions when I was putting them in there.
1: Yeah, worth considering. Uh, again, there is another type of player who is oftentimes not prone to rotation risks, and that is the topic of our final question. This is for you, Tim, from Chicken Bucket FC. Uh, it's about double game weeks, and defensive midfielders. So how does a double game week change your opinion of using a defensive midfielder? Uh, Normally, he doesn't want to consider them, but with the high floor and lack of rotations, the risk seems enticing for a double game week. Do you agree that they don't have that risk? And does that make someone like Bradley maybe even an option for TFC people?
3: I personally love the idea of having at a minimum one, if not two, if you're running five in the mid, five midfielders. Um, you know, just the, if you can get a good bonus floor guy, like a Minnesota Shuler, for example, he's been great this year, or even Ibsen in Minnesota. Um, both of those guys will get you at least five points. So you're looking at a double-digit output, at a, a very good chance at a double-digit output. So I, I would put you know, one or two in there. Um, these guys typically also will be a little bit more, uh, fairly priced I'd say than some of the guys who have had monster outings and therefore have had five straight 500 K increases. So, you know, the affordability is also there. Um, these guys don't really do as much bombing up and down the flanks. Their legs are usually a little bit better. Um, so yeah, I'm a I'm a big proponent of having at a minimum one of the defensive midfielders in your lineups.
0: Can I take the uh, opposite uh, approach? Sure. Um, I, I think the, usually I think it is a good approach. I don't think it's a good approach for this season, or at least for this week in this season, uh, because we have a lot of really good, consistent midfielders that are available. Um, as long as you have the budget to do it, I mean, guys like Piotti and Almoron have been. You know their worst times are probably what a defensive midfielder is usually going to put up, um, so you have you don't get uh, a, that much of a lower floor, but you have a much 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 higher ceiling as long as your budget affords. Now, if you had a kind of a rough start and your budget isn't where where a lot of these other teams are, and you need to kind of save some money, then yeah, that that's a great idea. But like, I mean, we, we listed in here like Schweinsteiger and Bradley; those guys aren't that much cheaper than like Higuain or Piatti. Uh, I think Michael Bradley is almost at 10, Schweinsteiger is at 11.4. So I don't think you're saving a whole lot of money with those great defensive midfielders um, as we've seen in you know years past. Like last year, like Ibsen was great. Plus with a bigger double game week, you have so many more uh, midfielder options. To me, it's hard to justify putting one of those defensive mids and limiting your ceiling that much um, instead of one of these attacking midfielders who give you the opportunity for like, 20 points.
2: I'll split the difference on this one. I know we've talked numbers before, and on a double game week, you can kind of bank on 1.5 um 1.5 multiplier for their score. So half again their average is kind of where you look at. I think with these defensive midfielders, you're actually looking at more like a 1.75. They usually hold a little closer to their average over both games compared to other players. And I know these are just rough numbers. So a guy like Schweinsteiger, who's actually got one of the better averages in the league, I think he's top 10. He's at a 7.71. If you give him most of that back, you're looking at a 13, 14-point week for him. If it's a good double game week, not saying this one for him is, he's got that high enough average, even though his price is high, I think is a safe bet you could go with it. Um, For some of your cheaper options, yeah, you could definitely start looking at that. But those are the numbers I would use to calculate that is see if their 1.75 times their their average score is better than the attacking options 1.5 times their average. And that'll give you a little bit better insight, I think, onto the way these guys go. Um, The guys that I would be looking at, which are not necessarily going to end up in my lineup, like uh, Christian Roldan's not playing a defensive midfielder, but he's pushing that little bit better average. Um, and Ibarra's not, got that right price point, and his average is solid. So, the, I mean, yes, on most weeks, I would say definitely look at them. This week, I kind of agree with Mike, though. This is not
1: a good week for defensive mids. All right, thanks so much, guys, for those answers. Now moving on to our chalkboard keepers. Mike.
0: I have Stefan this week.
1: Tim. I've
3: got Stefan this week as well.
2: Blaine. Stefan, we'll make it three
1: for three. All right, there we go.
3: Defenders, Tim. So right now I've got Steve Betashore and uh, John Mensah in my starting lineup alongside uh, Scally from NYCFC as the plug. And then on the
2: bench, I've got uh, Vanderweil and Valenzuela. Blaine. Um, I've got Awful and Valenzuela for Columbus and Vanderweil for TFC. And then two scrubs on the field. Tripling up, I
1: see. Mike.
0: Uh, I have Hasler and Valenzuela on the field, with Staly as the scrub, with Abu Bakar and Betashore as the two subs.
1: Midfielders, Blaine. Um,
2: Currently got Iguain, Piati, and Almiron on the field. And then I've got uh, Fellhaber and Vasquez on the bench right now. Hmm. Mike.
0: Uh, mine looks pretty similar. I have Piatti, Higuain, and Almiron on the field, and I have Schweinsteiger as the backup.
1: Tim,
3: I've got Piatti, Vasquez, Almiron with the armband, and then Schuler, and then my fifth midfield slot is Valeri, who I will be swa- sl- slotting out or swapping out if uh, if my uh, bench forward, who I will mention in a second, comes through
2: let's keep the order the same blaine forwards i've got martinez and vela on the field and giovinko on my bench mike
0: i've got all those three players but on the field martinez vela and Giovinco.
2: and tim Gio
3: Vella on the field martinez on the bench <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right captains mike
0: i have armor on
3: tim Omeron, but I'm seriously considering switching it over to Giovenco.
1: No,
2: Blaine. Uh, I'm currently rolling with Piatti. I think the hot foot's going to keep going.
0: I kind
1: of thought you might. I kind of thought you. Might. <laughs> Wait, let and me switch away from, and then I can make my decisions.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> right? dude, who, who well, are you I... picking? That's that's what we need to know.
1: No, that only works when I bring in Kaku. or Via. That's, or via. that's, how, that, that's how that game works. Uh, clean sheets, Tim. Uh, I think LAFC might actually,
3: uh, you know, get at least one here. Um, I think Columbus has a chance to get one against Philly. I think Toronto could get one against Seattle. So we got a got a few here. Got a few here.
2: Blaine, uh, I've got Columbus down as a potential for a double clean sheet. Uh, then um, Montreal, Minnesota, and I think even Atlanta can get a clean sheet this week.
0: And Mike. I, I think Columbus Columbus and TFC are probably your two best bets.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much, guys, for giving us those breakdowns and player recommendations. I hope everyone out there finds that helpful. And uh, don't forget, everything locks on, on Wednesday. That's, that's when everything starts double game week. So get those transfers made and captains set. Let's move on to a quick recap of how the leagues went. As you heard, all of us had some pretty strong scores at the top of this show, and it showed in our leagues. I know for myself over uh, in my setup here, pardon me as I'm clicking over, I won uh, two of the three head to heads that I'm in this time. Uh, the MLS Fantasy Boss Chat Regs League is very competitive, and I lost that one 115 to 119. Other than that, the hosts head to head league was another great round, I must say. Uh, we already mentioned uh, Tim and, and Mike going in in that one. A uh, very, very close game there. Older Goaler won his game. Uh, Mito lost to Blaine with that solid score of 135. Also, Blaine, the highest score in our league. Very nice. You barely inched out Jason, who had 133 himself. So glad glad that happened. We had never heard the end of it right there. Um, it was it was a very strong time. Even Andrew Weeby won. That's that tells you how, how crazy things were. But of course he didn't crack the triple digits. So
3: Oh, so it there. appears my victory also uh knocked Mike out of the top slot in the the host invitational league as well. Jeez, man. That's right.
1: And who was yeah. he replaced with? Yours truly. That's right. <laughs> There we go. Currently sitting at Tim in first, Jason in second, Mike in third, and Older Goaler in fourth. Uh, Yours truly is rounding out the top five right there with a record of 6-0-3. I will add, though, that both Tim and Jason have a record of 7-0-2. So things are pretty competitive, as always, in this league right here. And just let me look real quick. Uh, No, Phil is not beating us all. On points this time uh, even though he's at 11th Uh, that's how it was last year phil was like (laughs) last in the league no he wasn't last that poor bastard he he was like 10th (laughs) place and he'd be like i've got 1400 points and you guys all have like 900 points and it's it's just the way head-to-heads work and they're beautiful uh what about you guys how did everything go with your head-to-heads other than this one
3: clean sweet man it was great it was a fantastic weekend had so much fun yeah same
1: here
0: I, I beat Phil in another head-to-head league, so that was good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we
1: don't talk about much on here, so this is this is all about the fantasy, the MLS fantasy. Uh, Patreon. No, I mean
0: MLS SL uh, um, fantasy head-to-head league. It's, it's the FMLS. Not, Not the fantasy curling league you guys are in? I mean, that one's pretty intense too, but I don't want to get into that here. Yeah.
1: Uh, things are still pretty tight in the Patreon league as well. Alex Bruni has the top by uh, fewer than ten points, so it's it's very close in this league. Uh, lots lots of way. Matt Littman uh, is is right there in fifth. He was really engaged with us during the Star Wars chat, so that was that was a lot of fun to to have you guys in there at that time. But um, good luck, guys. It's it's pretty tough, pretty tough in there right now. Well, that's all that we have for you for the show today. I hope everyone found things helpful. And now we're going to wrap up th- stuff up with plugs, Blaine.
2: Uh, I promise I will be getting an article out this week. So go check that one out and then check out. Yeah. <laughs> I think since Reed's posting the Star Wars podcast, check that one out for the audio or go join Patreon. So you can see us on video. Lily makes a guest appearance. Um, I talk about her quite a bit and I like to bring her on camera whenever we do these events. So she makes an appearance there at the beginning. So check it out,
1: Tim.
3: Yeah, you can find me, uh, at soccer captains on Twitter and Facebook and, uh, soccercaptains.com. You know, we'll be posting our, uh, our, our picks as per usual. And, uh, my buddy Kevin will be posting, or sorry, my partner Kevin will be posting, uh, his uh his parsing the percentages piece. So uh definitely keep an eye out for those this week. Mike.
0: Uh not a plug, but a piece of advice. If you post uh, screenshots of your t of your computer screen, you should probably make check and make sure what's in your other tabs. Just a helpful hint for somebody. Hey. <laughs> Ouch.
1: Ouch. <laughs> And, of course, you can check everything that I have posted over at MLSFantasyBoss.com and a weekly picks article over at MLSSoccer.com. And if you want to, con- partri- if you want to contribute or participate, there we go, got that out that time, head over to r slash fantasy MLS and join one of the most active fantasy communities on the entirety of the Internet. Uh, it's a great place for rate my teams and sharing articles and just general discussion about whatever fantasy topic just happens to come your way. So head that head over that way. I can't talk to at all. Wow. Wrapping things up, uh, head over that way and uh, check it out over at Reddit. With that said, good luck.